0: Reactive Redefined and the group coaching program will reopen for enrollment on Monday, August 1st. If you could use more immediate support for your reactive dog, be sure to join the free mini course over on our website, agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. You can also invest in the self-guided version of Reactive Redefined and gain access to our comprehensive course content to get the ball rolling before we can support you one-on-one. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of disorderly dogs, the podcast. I have an extraordinary dog guardian with me today and she's going to share her experience inside of reactive redefine. Okay. So Cameron, will you introduce, I know you have a lot of dogs, but we're talking about one in particular tonight. Will you introduce him to everyone listening?
1: Yeah. Pumbaa is my one-year-old
0: reactive German shepherd. Oh my God. And he he's is- mainly reactive to people. Oh my God. He is (laughs) handsome. He is handsome AF. Okay. So can you, let's start from the beginning. So tell us about how he came into your life.
1: Um, well, I kind of wanted to adopt a German shepherd and (laughs) I just went on Craigslist to be honest. Um, and I found him and I went to pick him up. (laughs) That's really his story. (laughs) Pretty lame.
0: Was he a tiny baby when you got him?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's eight weeks old, so. Okay. He was a little.
0: Okay. And then were his parents on site?
1: They, oh, actually, it's really funny. It's not funny, really. But when we got there, um, he told us that they had literally just put his uh, dad down.
0: Oh, my, why? Uh, he had bit their grandma. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you still took the puppy. I love your bravery. <laughs> yeah okay and then did you learn anything about his mom did they give you any information about her
1: not really he was really a mess when we picked him up and I felt really bad for him he had poop
0: all over him and he was covered in urine so it was not a super um he did not come from a well-intentioned breeder per se no that's for sure oh my god oh my god Okay, so tell the listeners, what was your, what were the early days with him as a puppy, right? So he was a shepherd puppy. He was kind of a mess. How did it go, right, like as he started to age?
1: Um. Well, to be honest, when I first pick, picked him up, you could already tell he was going to be reactive. I didn't put too much thought into it because uh, I've just never had a reactive dog before, but he was barking and running away from us when we picked him up, so...
0: <laughs> so you saw from day one there were no um there was no magic uh, thinking you knew that you were probably in for the long haul with him
1: yeah and I mean he wasn't as bad like I took him to the vet and they had curbside and he went in all by himself and he didn't bite anybody at least they didn't tell me he growled or anything and really he mainly just barked at dogs at first and it seemed more just out of excitement so
0: right okay so, as he started to age, when did you start to realize, like, okay, we're going to need some training help here?
1: Um, it was honestly when we moved out into the middle of the country. Yeah. Once he started being around people, because it was probably a couple months, at least, that we weren't really around people, especially since COVID. Um, and he was just... He didn't want to do anything anymore. Didn't want to go into the pet store. I mean, barking, lunging, growling at people. So.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So his reactivity is mainly towards people, sometimes dogs, but mainly people. Yes. Yes. Okay. But his reactivity isn't just contingent on being a leash on a leash, right? That happens in a lot of circumstances, his reactivity to people.
1: Yeah. Um. When we went to the other behavioralists and stuff, they said it was fear-based reactivity.
0: Right, right. Okay. And then um, he has been aggressive to people in addition to being reactive. Yes?
1: Yeah. Um, One time was at the vet. And to be honest, I kind of blame the vet. Uh, I don't think I'm biased, but we were in a really small room and I had explained to them it was an emergency vet office. I had explained to them that he was like really reactive and that it was probably going to be tough. But for some reason, he decided to like walk up and like sniff somebody. And I think that made them think that he was friendlier than he was. And she went and bent over him and he turned around and bit her through his muzzle. So Right. It wasn't
0: great oh my God. no not an <laughs> ideal situation at all oh my God. okay so you were able to get the help of a veterinary behaviorist pretty early on in his life yes
1: yeah first I went to another trainer and then she recommended that I take him to the actual vet so I think that was back in January
0: right okay and then what were the interventions that the veterinary behaviorist had you do? Did you do meds? Like what were their instructions?
1: Yeah. Um, on top of the training, we just added some
0: medication. Good. Okay. And do you feel like that's making a big impact for him now?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it helps a lot.
0: Good, good. Right. And it's like, it's one of those that not everyone gets connected with the veterinary behavior so early on. So it's so nice, right? That you had access to that and you worked with the trainer who who could see that you probably needed a little bit more support. You were able to get that on board right from the beginning.
1: Yeah, it's definitely helped a lot. That's for sure.
0: Yes. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about where his reactivity was at when you joined Reactive Redefined. So I, I know when you joined some of the goals were less reactivity at home right because being reactive to your neighbors and the neighbor dogs was a pressing matter yeah 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 okay and then you had already worked with the trainer right you still work with an in-person trainer so you definitely had that support but another goal was just getting out in the world with him a little bit more right
1: yeah for sure
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So do you want to kind of speak to some of the things we did early on, right? Like our initial training plan. So we met one-on-one and I gave you some advice on some things to work on because he already had this beautiful foundation, right? Like he had really nice existing behaviors. What we really kind of talked about is actually using the distraction of the neighbor and the neighbor dogs as a training opportunity to kind of work with more distractions than some of his already trained behaviors.
1: Yeah, and we definitely do a lot of that. Um, honestly, he's basically learned to just walk away from it, which is a good thing.
0: Huge progress, huge progress, right? Because before he, it was it was getting a little dicey with some of his reactivity in the yard, was it not?
1: Oh yeah, lots of fence fighting, and it's it's a wire fence, so they can they do have the potential of hurting each other still.
0: Right. Right. Well, and I know that one of my suggestions was he loves to play, right? Like he loves toy play, the flirt pole. He loves, yes, it's the flirt pole, is it not?
1: Yes, obsessed.
0: <laughs> so something we talked about, right, was just utilizing the flirt pole as a really good reinforcer for some more of the behavior we wanted to see from him in the backyard if the neighbor or the neighbor's dogs were out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's helped a lot. So. Oh. um I actually also used the flirt pool because he is reactive to the people that are over there still. And they were mowing their lawn. He doesn't really seem to be as scared when people are on things like that, which I don't really understand. But he's not. So we got, like, pretty close to the fence and we're playing around there. And I think that helped a lot, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those that, like, you have really good handling skills already, right? Like, you have good marker timing you have good treat reinforcement and that's an effective strategy but for him the flirt pole is probably a more effective reinforcer than the food is in in the backyard yeah Yeah. oh my god right so my suggestion was like let's just leverage that right like obviously you knew how to get out in the backyard with food but if we could get him kind of in that play space and that could act as a reinforcer why not leverage that
1: Exactly. We've also, I've actually been able to let him off leash a little bit and play fetch while the other dogs are out too. So that's really nice for me to be able to do that and get his energy out a little bit easier.
0: Oh my God. And trust him, right? Because there is a fence, but you were using a leash in the backyard just in case, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. It's not an easy situation. Okay. So, um, I think that your living situation is a little unique that like you are not in a super densely populated area, right? You're not in a busy city. You're actually somewhere a little bit quieter. So actually finding distractions outside of the backyard was a little bit more challenging because your walks were really pretty quiet.
1: Yeah, but I will say we have started going to Tractor Supply once a week and that has been pretty helpful. It's like 15 minutes away, but I can't complain too much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, right? So that's definitely something we talked about, right? Is that like the neighborhood walks weren't particularly hard. So we talked about just working on like a few small skills, right? Like he already had walk at your side on cue. That was already an established behavior, was it not? But we just worked on improving his response time to it.
1: Yeah, honestly, he's pretty bad at leash walking. He's gotten a lot better. He was really bad. He just wants full force all the time.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Like constantly at the end of the leash and you're just kind of bracing. like, okay, I guess we're going really fast here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. And then some of the pulling and stuff like that, do you feel like it was a little bit of overwhelm for him that he was just kind of overwhelmed? So he was just constantly at the end of the leash? Like What do you think was some of the like fuel for the pulling?
1: Yeah, I think part of it's that. I mean, you can really notice he's obsessed with my car. And when I was training like at Tractor Supply, especially when my trainer was actually there, he would pull a lot harder once he got closer to the car too. So I don't know if that, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I just feel like definitely part of it is a little bit stressed for him.
0: Yeah. Right. Like just overwhelmed. Okay. And you know, something we talked about, it was doing a little bit more like, um, kind of slowing down the pace of getting outside. Right. So asking him to wait at the door, he does, we're reinforcing for that. Then we're going outside and kind of slowing down the pace so that he wasn't so overwhelmed and kind of stayed in that pulling state.
1: Yeah. That's definitely something that I've really been trying to focus on around the car too. Cause...
0: He always wants to get in there. Lots of car feelings. Lots of car feelings. Oh my God. Okay. But you had a pretty significant win recently where getting out and walking, he's actually like slowing down and like sniffing and like not terribly pulling on the leash.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting. And I've actually noticed that tractor spy, it's at least a lot easier to redirect his attention. And then he's a lot more willing to just want to come back and play and walk the other direction so
0: yeah absolutely and I feel like with all the support that you have right with like the meds and then your in-person trainer I feel like his ability to recover is definitely improving as well
1: a lot (laughs) right it's really incredible to see how far
0: that he's gotten oh my god oh my god he's such a good boy okay so um do you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about, because you have a lot of support, right? Like you worked with the veterinary behaviors, you worked with an in-person trainer. Do you want to speak just a little bit more to like some of the things that maybe accented that inside of reactive redefined?
1: Um, well, first off, I will say this, honestly, you have been the one person who's like, Oh, he can do it. My, I feel like everybody else has been like, yeah, be careful. Like you need to watch him. I don't know if you should push him that much, but you're like, no, he's not even two yet. And I don't know, it just gave me a lot of confidence. And I feel like that has been the biggest part. Um, so that's that, but I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and you know, it's one of those that like, you already had so many things in motion, right? Like he's muzzle trained. You've been using the muzzle when it's appropriate. He has meds on board and I'm an optimist. I'm always an optimist. Right. And like, yes, we know that we, you have to be cautious, right? Like, I don't think you're ever unnecessarily putting him in situations that could potentially be dangerous, but yeah, you have extraordinary handling skills. Right. And it's one of those things that like, as you started uploading training videos, I was like, yeah, like, You and Pumba work really well as a team and it shows, right? And I think that that was a big motivation for me to be like, "Mm, okay, like, I don't think you could just like never take him anywhere though, (laughs) right? Like, I do think he can have a broader world with the safety net if we need it.
1: Yeah, I'm actually taking him on vacation with me too, going to a cabin. So I'm hopeful that he'll do well. Oh my God. That'll be so nice. Okay.
0: And then what about the, the course content, all the videos that you got access to? I know you already had a lot of training under your belt, but do you feel like the course content that you had access to kind of helped accent that and give you a little, like some like tips and tricks that maybe you hadn't heard from anyone else yet?
1: Yes, for sure. Um, We also did focus like on some other things. Like it wasn't just about his reactivity. We did like parkour and stuff like that. So there's definitely some stuff that you put on there that my trainer didn't necessarily tell me. Um, I liked the, the one where you sit down and they lay down. It seems like so simple, but it really does help if he's just like calm and content and knows what he needs to be doing. So that's really helpful. And I really think that helped at our last vet appointment too. I mean, we were in a pretty small room and he just came and laid next to me and was pretty much chill the whole time with two other people in the room. So.
0: Oh my God, which is amazing. Right. And I think, you know, for everyone listening, if you have done a lot of training, right? Like you've worked with people in person, maybe you worked with a veterinary behaviorist. I think that something unique we can offer is that. We've seen the whole gamut of reactivity, sometimes aggressive, right? Like we know all of it, but we can meet you exactly where you're at and help tweak and help kind of ignite, like pushing and adding new behaviors in that maybe he didn't know before, right? Because the subtle exercise that you're talking about is it's so simple and it's really putting together pieces that he already knows, but it's kind of giving it a new framework that you can translate to other environments.
1: Yeah. I also, um, really like the leash walking one. Um, like I said, Pumbaa always has pulled really hard and it can be like a little bit stressful because then it's like, okay, I can't read all your warnings. So I don't really know if you're going to react all the time. He's already pulling. So is he going to pull me down or whatnot? So him being able to walk loosely has just helped with our confidence. So I think it's helping him too.
0: So yeah absolutely. and I think too, like you having the recourse that like you can ask him to come near your side while you both kind of evaluate what's gonna happen before it's too late and he's at the end of the leash reacting and you're like hanging on and trying to stay on your feet, right like it is that he's a big boy, right? like that's not an easy thing to hold on to if he's really spilling over threshold.
1: Yeah, he's almost a hundred pounds, so he in his pictures, he looks a lot smaller than he is.
0: I know, right? Like the pictures don't do it justice for like what a big dog he actually is.
1: Yeah, it's a little scary. Oh
0: my God. Oh my God. Well, and I think that like, you know, a lot of breeds fall victim to like really harsh training, but I think the German Shepherds are really high on that list. And I think that people are intimidated right? It's a big dog who's got a big bark. And I think it's an easy excuse for people to use really heavy punishment. And I have so much admiration for you because you did not do that. You knew that positive reinforcement could help. That could be the way he's on a harness. Like, I love so much how just from the beginning, like you had all of these really great pieces in place to help effectively train him without being a jerk and punishing him unnecessarily
1: yeah i mean i could tell that he's just afraid too it's not something that would just scare him more it's definitely not something that
0: i'd want to use
1: anything harsh with
0: oh my god right because i think that if pumba would have had aversive training early on i'm not sure that he would be at the level that he's at now like i think that would have been extremely detrimental for him as a young dog yeah it would have been that's for sure Oh my God. You had it. Okay. What about the group calls? what do you like about the group calls?
1: Oh my gosh. The best part ever is just hearing other people because you might not think of something first off and it might've happened to you earlier and you just forgot to say it. So you still get that piece of advice. And even if something didn't happen to you, you can use that information later. If some, if you're in some sort of situation that's similar. So it's just a lot, it's learning a lot faster, really.
0: Oh my God, right? Like there's so much to gain from like learning what other people are doing, right? And then, you know, obviously Puga was your focus inside of Reactive Redefined, but you also share your life with three other dogs. So four dogs total, is that right?
1: I only have two right now, but um, yeah. And on top of that, they both have their reactivity too, so
0: right there's lots of things you can use did you have two foster dogs is that what it was that's why you had four yeah okay right yep right so it's like obviously he was the focus but like learning from other people in the course I'm sure you're gonna have fosters and even Harley that could benefit from those things too
1: yeah yeah Harley definitely has her own set of reactivity to things too so
0: right they are uh, they have their own set of skills, oh my God, skills and reactions, right oh my God yeah, oh my God, okay, so Cameron, if you were to give some piece of- pieces of advice to another reactive dog gar- guardian who's listening right now who maybe has a shepherd like you who has really big feelings and they're hearing a lot of um. It's hard to train them. Can you handle them? Are you up for this challenge? What would you say to them?
1: Honestly, just keep working. Don't give up because training is not linear at all. And that is the probably the best piece of advice I've ever been given because it's going to suck. One day <laughs> you might have a really great day and the next day they might react to the same thing that they didn't react to before, but it gets better still. So you just got to keep going.
0: Absolutely. Well, and it's like, you know, he is not an easy dog. And I love how you knew he probably wasn't going to be easy, but you stepped up to the plate anyways. You're like, okay, cool. So this is not a good situation that I got you from. And your dad apparently was very (laughs) aggressive to grandma, but you know what, we're going to do this and we're going to give you the best life we possibly can.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he's such a good boy. Otherwise he knows all of his commands. He'll do them on a
0: dime. He's the perfect dog still. Oh my God. And he's so lovable. And you two have such a beautiful bond. I love
1: it. (laughs) I love him so much. Oh
0: my God. Oh my God. Well, it's been so fun getting to know you inside of Reactive Redefined. And it's been such an honor to be a part of your training journey. Do you want to share your Instagram handle so that if people wanted to connect with you?
1: Sure. It's Pumbaa and Harley. (laughs)
0: Puma and Harley. Okay. So we will make sure to include that. Yes. We'll be sure to include that in the show notes so people can find you and people can see his big handsome face on the Instagrams. (laughs) Well, thank you. Listen, we've all been there. You take your dog on an adventure and it is not carefree and fun. Like you hoped it would be. We love adventuring with our dogs, but we know there is so much more to it than going places and taking the good pictures. So if you have an adventure dog and you're struggling with some of their training, our comprehensive course content can give you all of the information you need to make huge strides in your adventure dog training. Whether your adventures include hiking, camping, stand-up paddle boarding, we have content just for you. In addition to our comprehensive course content, we host monthly group Q&As so that you can get answers to your training questions from experts like Steph and myself. So if you're an adventure dog and training has not been going like you hoped, check out Adventure Dog Academy that opens for enrollment on July 1st. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show.